Amanda just wanted a real boyfriend. Touch me and you'll pull back a stump. She always knew she'd fall in love. I thought you dumped him. Again? She was just hoping for something human. What are you after? You know, are you guys, like, trying to take over our planet? For the past hour, I thought about nothing but eating. No, 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 no. My cat is not available for dinner, okay? You know, I could teach you a few things about passing for human. I would like to engage in Earth experiences now. Okay, but if you do anything alien-like, oh, where did that come from? I learned very quickly. I believe I love you, Amanda. I don't think I can handle sleeping with something that's non-human. Now, they're paying for their love. God, it's not supposed to happen like this. By running for their lives. You know that half of California is out looking for you? All of our units have received their positioning orders. Nicole Eggert of Blown Away and TV's Baywatch. Michael Dorn of Star Trek Generations. Stacy Keach of John Carpenter's Body Bags and Texas. And a soundtrack by Jane Wheatland of the Go-Go's. Amanda and the Alien. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network. And to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. What is up, everyone but Boston? This is a beautiful night. I am so happy right now. This, <laughs> it, it, What happened in Boston just totally makes this movie much better now. So <laughs> I, I, I'm just... I'm like over the moon at this point. Like, bring on Amanda and the alien. Let's do this. <laughs> nice. How about you, Mark? So, um, are we going to start with the uh, Microsoft press conference, or are we going Bethesda? Bethesda. Right? What, what, yeah. what are we doing? I want to okay. do Bethesda. Okay. I, don't even, I I think you're talking about the wrong podcast. Oh wait, shit! This isn't. Yeah. I'm oh. not. I'm not Jen. I was supposed to right? watch a movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Mark. You are an inside joke of a podcast that neither me nor Dan are on. And so, has not yet started yet. And, yep, doesn't, and nobody is barely has a name. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hasn't been announced. Um, you're, playing for, you're playing an inside joke for yourself, really. <laughs> I'm playing the long game. This is for the an people audience, to come back and listen to this after. An audience taking of in our one. Content. When, when that podcast blows up and he leaves this one behind... This is what it's for, basically. Yeah. So we can look back at this and see, say, I, I told you, see, that this this podcast was ahead of its time. Well, thank you for leaving us in the future and also alienating our current listeners <laughs> by, uh, <laughs> by doing an inside joke that only you get. Well, uh, that's yes. my whole bit. So, yeah, we got there it. you go. So Mark is just burning bridges for the future. All Mark, right. uh, Mark is being <laughs> Mark is just being Mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I learned from the best in terms of burning bridges. And is that's another inside like joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point. I'm continuing the bit, Dan. Okay. Even I even I barely got that. Okay. <laughs> I just I just I wanted <laughs> I didn't know what that was in reference to. I didn't even thought, to be honest, I didn't think that was in reference to Anthony at all. I was like, yeah, I was trying to like, is this a mummer's thing? 
Is this yeah. a Philadelphia like flyer thing? I no. I don't know what it's because no, Mark is it's just a, it's an episode three Stranger Damies joke. Okay, <laughs> I, I I barely know what happens in in our last episode, Mark. <laughs> so you you can't you can't go all the way back into the the past with this, man. All right, wow, everybody. Well, we're any we're anybody that's to, still listening. Thank you. We are off to such a fast start on this podcast. It's only going to get better. Well, uh, has no choice. <laughs> yeah, it can only go up. This week, we have Men in Black International uh, careening towards a box office uh, failure. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with such charismatic leads. Um, but we didn't watch that movie. Probably not going to see that movie. Who knows? Dan might. No, I'm probably going to give this one a pass. It's uh, it's shaping up to be kind of a a downer of a summer in terms of movies. Well, everyone's going to blame Marvel for it. Yeah. (laughs) It's really astounding why these... To me, I saw John Wick 3, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Aladdin, after seeing Endgame, Mm -hmm. and... I think the only, pretty much they all fared well. Mm-hmm. Godzilla did not, and I think it deserves a little better bias aside. But every every time something doesn't do well so far, it's because of Marvel. And I don't understand why, really. I don't know if people are just kind of throwing their hate towards it because something they liked didn't succeed. But yeah, I, I don't know. To, to me, all those movies have been fine. I think this one... Um, I think Men in Black International will be the first justifiable bomb at the box office because it, sure. it's just seemed uninteresting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, we decided to take the opportunity to watch an alien movie, and that alien movie is Amanda and the Alien from 1995. Nice. Guys, what what do you what what's your uh, what's your opinion going into this movie, and what's your opinion coming out of it? Uh, going in, to me, this felt like a a sitcom on ABC that only lasted a season. That's what it sounds like. Amanda and the Alien. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a terrible Mork and Mindy spinoff. Sure. Uh, so going in, I had no, I had no expectations really. Uh, we saw Anthony was kind enough to show us the review on Letterbox, uh, and it seemed fantastic based off of that and it was decidedly not fantastic <laughs> uh you, you did tell me anthony and i feel like you lied to me there's a certain part where the movie gets better and the movie just never gets better oh and, i did i still disagree i that's 100 percent what i feel and it has something okay. to do yeah it has nothing to do with that exact moment but it it just so happens that that's where it gets better so like to me this movie starts off in the shitter and just kind of gets up to like the uh, the rim of the bowl, and then okay. goes back down to the shitter. It's never it, it never interested me at any point. There's even even boobs made this movie unwatchable, and I and they were they were pretty good. They were pretty good ones, and it still it it didn't pique my interest. So. Going okay. in, I hated. I going in, I had no expectations. Coming out, I hated it. All right, 
Mark, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Short of of knowing who was in the cast, because I tend to look at IMDb um, before we watch these movies. So um, I was glad to see returning um, two time. They call us a movie person. Uh, uh, Stacy Key. Yes. that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, the pause there was because I was going back and forth on his first name. I was like, it's not. I was going to say, is it Stanley? Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach appeared yeah. in Gotti. Yep. That's right. Which we did earlier this year. And I think we pretty much said he was the only good part of that movie as well. Mm-hmm. So he I think. He might be the only part of this movie. Yeah. Wrong. You're wrong. Wrong. Michael Dorn is the MVP of this movie. Mm. Uh, no. I can say it. But no, I, I don't. But you don't um, have to agree with Anthony, Mark. All right, he just because he's our leader doesn't mean you have to follow him everywhere. Don't follow him down the Michael Dorn path. Look, look. I thought going into this movie, Stacy Keach was going to be the only thing worth watching, but Michael Dorn is great in this movie. <laughs> I, I I can't go with you on this one. He's he's so blah. When he breaks the guitar for no reason, I love it. <laughs> it's so obvious. That it was going to happen, but I still, I still enjoyed that moment. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It, it, even that, even that didn't really do it. Nothing in this movie excited me, made me laugh. I, I felt no emotions. I was like Spock throughout this entire movie. Just oh like this, wow! Very, very timely. There you go. The Spock reference. Yeah, I was just like, this is this movie was illogical. Yeah. <laughs> so so Mark Mark. Yeah. Uh, what yes. did you think about it? You never really. Yeah. So coming out of it, um, I it, I didn't really mind it. It was kind of not much to it. The um, there were some great moments, especially um, after the part you mentioned where you said it was going to get better. There were some definitely better moments after that. Um, I think the only thing that confused me the whole time is. Um, I couldn't really understand um, uh, Amanda's motivation most of the time in terms of, you know, does she just constantly fall in love with all these men just because, you know, of, of the alien, even though she's never seen the alien? It just seems like it's a complete change of her personality, you know, uh, when she meets, um, you know, him as Con or the alien as Connie. Um uh, it just it just seems like a strange twist that they made just to make the movie make sense, but um, it does it her her um, her uh, reactions uh, to certain things, um, you know, sort of you know try to uh, I guess use a lot of that '90s attitude um, with it, and at times it didn't seem like she even needed to go there with it. Um, okay. It was just a, just a really confusing performance from her, but the item wasn't bored, which is usually my baseline threshold with these movies we watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is the ninetieth movie yes. ever, and it just starts off at the at the very beginning with the ninetiestness. Um, but to your point, uh, you guys always mention kind of like. If did I check how much time I have left in this movie, and I totally did, and it was about I think I still have about like 
45 minutes left in the movie and I was just like, Jesus Christ, how am I going to get through this? There, there's nothing that stands out in this movie. And then they fucked and it was all uphill from there. No. That was the moment. <laughs> it when they, wasn't. When, when Amanda has sex with the alien, the movie gets entirely better. Uh, I, I was waiting for that moment and it just never came. It was it was like you're you're promised this big exciting gift and it just never shows up or you just you you get you just get shit that's what you <laughs> you you get this this big nice fucking box wrapped in a nice pretty bow and you think this is it man you think that this is your like a kid you think you're getting like that uh those those like toy cars that you could ride around in mm-hmm. right and you think that's it but you open it up and it's just shit that's, I think I gotta. Was. I can't tip my hand anymore when I when we watch these because I always watch these first. I'm gonna go in. I'm going to go. I'm gonna let you guys go in blind. I'm never gonna say anything about how I felt about it. <laughs> I but I do enjoy your your like review your uh, earlier reviews. I guess because it gives me something to look out for. Like all right, so I need to really pay attention at this part. Or okay, now he's saying it's going to pick up a little bit at this part. It, I, I, I don't like going in to anything. Pretty much, I, I look up spoilers for every every movie I watch. So maybe that's just me. So I, I would rather you tell me what I'm kind of getting myself into. It seems but, only backfire though. But that's a good thing. <laughs> Is it not? Do we all want to agree that this this movie's? Oh yeah, it's pretty good. No, fuck that. No, this movie no not sucks. at all. Yeah, uh, I I didn't hate it. I hated the first half of it. I got like I was bored out of my mind in the beginning of it, and it just so like there is just a there's a there's a plot. Uh, so it's it has nothing to do with the fact that they that they have sex that it makes it better. It's just it just so happens that from that point on there's kind of like a plot story shift because more of a road story they get on the road michael dorn becomes a bigger part stacy keach plays a bigger part and i think that's where that movie this movie picks up um dan you mentioned it was it felt like a failed uh sitcom yeah and that's one thing that i find weird about this movie because it does feel like a sitcom it doesn't it doesn't feel like a sitcom it feels like it feels like a a mid '90s syndicated hour sci-fi show, like that you would find playing on UPN at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday after you've just watched back-to-back Xena and and Hercules. <laughs> That's a good comparison. And then all of a sudden, Amanda and the Alien comes on. That's where this 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 movie feels like it would play best like as an hour long kind of situational comedy drama, sort of like a, a, a sort of like a nineties Mork and Mindy. Yeah. But then they throw in just the, the language and just pretty, not, not graphic sex scenes, but pretty extended sex scenes. And it just completely feels out of place in, in a movie, in a movie like this. Cause it's totally, it's, it doesn't feel appropriate. No. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. It, it's, it feels it, like you lift that right out and you could be playing this to a, a, a younger teen audience. And it probably has even bigger, longer legs. I, I've, I've seen this movie 
at two in the morning on Showtime, and it's basically softcore porn, and it's so much better. It's so much better when they do that because it's so unapologetically campy and terrible. Mm-hmm. Like this movie tries, the actors try, and it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. I would have much rather have been. I would have you misled me into thinking that this was trying to be a movie and find out that it's softcore porn. I would be like, oh, this is so much better now. <laughs> Anthony told me that it's a movie, but it's porn. Yeah, I, no, that's I, what I would I, have I, rather have seen. It definitely tries to to toe that line, um, which is not a really a line that you should toe. No, you're either going to do it or don't do it. Um, yeah, either there's not either cross that script. line as like you know what our sex scenes are going to be two and a half minutes long, mm-hmm. and there's going to be six of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like this is something that really it. I feel like it should have uh, starred. Like who who is uh, Katie Morgan? Like Katie Morgan should have been in this movie, or would, Krista Allen from. Uh, there you go. From Raven fame. See now, this would have been. This uh, should have been Emmanuel in Space Nine. For there you go. It, <laughs> we've we've already fixed this movie. <laughs> and so, and, and to be to be fair, uh, Nicole Eggert, who stars in this movie, is Amanda Patterson. She was kind enough, and I just learned this. She was kind enough to uh, respond to one of our tweets, and she was. It seems like she's a really good sport about this movie, so yeah. I'm I'm not gonna place the blame on her because she seems like she's really cool about it. And if anything, to me, she's probably the least offensive part of this movie. The sure. most offensive part of this movie is Charlie. Uh, was that Michael Benatendi? Benteddy? Benteddy. Vendetti. Uh he's the most offensive part. Uh, so I'm gonna. She gets a pass on this. She seems cool. I got no problems with her. Yeah, it it seems like she suffers more from bad direction than you know uh, poor choices in this movie. Um, because it's that it's that switch at the at the mid part of the movie where, like I had mentioned earlier, her character just seems to change. Um. Sure. And it, you know, but she does all the heavy lifting, lifting in this movie. Yeah, she does all the heavy heavy lifting. It's entirely on her shoulders for most of it. She does yeah. a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I didn't hate the Dan hated this movie. I didn't hate it. Um, there's, 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 I hated it at moments. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I didn't. Uh, and I was there. I think I watched. Like I said, I think I watched like the first 45 minutes, and I was just like, "Is there anything here to continue?" Uh, I was I was teetering. I gotta be if I'm being hundred percent honest. I was teetering, and eventually uh, I got through it, and I wound up enjoying the second half a lot more. Yeah, so, she she definitely didn't seem like it was like a paycheck movie. You know, no, the paycheck I, wasn't that big. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it didn't seem like one of those. At least for my thought, the effort behind it didn't seem like it was just okay. I just need to do this thing. Because I booked the, you know, next next Baywatch special or something, you know, or, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, how you guys felt, but it, the the uh, just that part of the performance, um, you know, it should be, you know, if 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 we don't notice her, you know, 
too much, especially in movies like this, it's probably a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking through um, the IMDb uh, photos on this. It was like like 90% of them are like her navel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the, the caviar eating scene. And um, the paprika. Yeah, so it's a little, it's kind of, it's kind of funny of that uh, being the sort of the sell point on IMDb. Yeah. Uh, I And you could probably, nah, this movie, this movie didn't have a big enough budget. No, I, I don't even know what the budget, I don't even I, know. I, if I was going to go, that could have been a body double, but I'm like, nah, I don't think the budget was high enough for a body double. I, I doubt it. Um, yeah. I guess it could have been, though. Um, because you don't see her face on that. So it's entirely possible. Uh, this movie has a 4.7 on IMDb. It's directed by John Kroll. Uh, does not have a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but has a 25% audience score. It stars Nicole Eggert, Michael Bendetti, Michael Dorn, and Stacey Keach. All right, so I guess that's uh, that's it for our opening. Do you guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, Bring on the plot. It. Let's right. do this. So we open on a U.S. government safe house in Oakland, California, and we get Stacy Keach and Michael Dorn from Star Trek. Uh, that's basically a secret government meeting. They are currently holding two aliens a prisoner. Um, eventually, they're going to give it over to the military, but for right now, they're, the government is just keeping tabs on them. Uh, then we see inside the holding cell uh, the two aliens. They look like humans. But they do like this weird kind of mind meld thing in the holding cell. And then one of them goes up against the door and kind of puts a thought into one of the guards heads that he's got to take a wicked piss. So he goes off and then the uh, one of the aliens uh, goes into their normal form, which looks like a deflated uh, (laughs) football. That's exactly what it is. It's a deflated football, I think. Yeah, or like a medicine ball. It's it's leathery. It's just kind of massless and kind of shapeless. Um, but it slides under the door and uh, shoots out like a tendril and takes over the body of the other um, guard that was standing there. But now it is uh, possessing the body of the uh, one of the guards, and the other guard comes back. And then the guard that's being possessed uh, goes looking for food. Um, the other guard's like, hey, tell the babe with the nice cones to make me a peanut butter banana sandwich. The nice cones. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the guy goes off and looks for the girl with the nice cones. He asks her to make him a sandwich. She tells him to fuck off. And then he possesses her. And one of the things when you pis- when the... Um, alien possesses a new person the other person completely disappears which is kind of uh, convenient convenient and clean yeah. you know yeah. clean getaway sort of thing yeah no uh, evidence no man left behind so as the um, as the cook the uh, the alien is now we'll call her Connie for this point Connie is a chick with the nice cones she also played who's a recurring character on um, Everybody Loves Raymond uh, she played uh, Robert's uh, Italian girlfriend. That's all I remember her from. <laughs> so uh, she goes driving away in Connie's car. Um, so the alien knows how to drive, which is interesting because it doesn't really know much about else about the 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 world or Earth or being human. Now, doesn't it? It says that it it 
accesses their memory bank. So maybe yes. that's why. I don't. I don't know. I didn't put two and two together there. Though. It's a little inconsistent because, like, yeah. it's a little bit of a reach. Yeah, a little inconsistent just because things that you would think they would understand are things that they don't remember, like not touching a burnt cup, a, a boiling hot cup of coffee. And yeah, that's yeah. and was it leaves their f- like flesh behind? Yeah. Um, so she drives off from the government uh, facility. And then the next morning, we've run into Amanda of Amanda and the Alien fame, <laughs> who has the dumbest alarm clock for the yeah. for an adult, which is just kind of like a cowboy. Yeah. And then we get some alt girl rock from the '90s, as we have oh, a this, uh, the, the 90s scene. It's the ni- easiest the '90s scene of the movie. We've got alt girl rock. We get dream journals. She dresses up like Kim Possible. And we get her making lattes as she uh, goes off to her uh, her job. She lives in San Francisco, we should mention, which yeah. becomes kind of a uh, a part of this movie because she goes to work at a hip clothing boutique. And this is where um, it's interesting just by like the the direct direction of this. I've never been more aware of how short an actress is um, than this scene because Everyone towers over Nicole Eggert in this particular scene. She's like, her eye line is looking straight up um, at everyone she talks to in this scene. It's very weird. Um, and I notice it. And she's like, she's not that short. She's like 5'3 in real life, which is, I guess is short, but it's not like super short. And this is the first time I've ever been like, how short is she? While watching one of these yeah. movies. <laughs> she, she's Tom Cruise height. Yeah. yeah. She's uh, like nine apple boxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we just take a step back and just realize how boring that is hey, you, so far summing up the plot do we realize how boring it is it's not just me right yeah, I mean it's boring yeah. it is yeah. so so boring it's like I can't get over how boring it is <laughs> I have, we have yet to come across a movie where I'm bored by you revealing the plot <laughs> <laughs> I did go through a lot very quickly, um, but I, I think there are more boring movies that we've seen. Yes, I I can't. <laughs> Dad is at a loss. He can't. I, I am, and I I think like we've obviously we've watched a ton of bad movies. That's the whole point of this. But our it's not the point to be bored to tears. <laughs> I, I swear to God, it's not it's not Anthony describing the plot that makes it boring. It's just the plot that makes it boring. And you, the, I challenge you. I should have said this earlier before we, we recorded. I challenge you to make this interesting. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> you can't do it. If you do it, you are my hero. I don't have any money to give you right now. There you go. Although I do owe you money, so I got to get you money soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we f- we meet him. We see where Ma- Amanda works, and we meet her her work friends. Uh, her work friends are two time and some dudes. They like got dates for the morning and dates for the night, and they uh, talking about Amanda. Like, oh, what are you doing tonight? She talks about her on again, off again. Charlie, her boyfriend, who seems like a, a real winner, um, and they tell they basically tell her to her face that he's a giant loser. Um, but she's and, just like whatever. Yeah, and they then they use this scene to 
differentiate her from the other girls. Yeah, you know, she shoes away the high roller customer by making fun of her clothes. She doesn't, you know, have the the two timing relationships. She's not really into the caddy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they really drill it home in these like five minutes um, that she's not like an, any of the other. She's girls. not like the other girls. Yes, she's different. She's yes. cool. She's hip. Yeah, she's um, with it. She's with it. She's going to just blast. She's going to, if this movie had a bigger budget, it would have a no doubt soundtrack and whole whole. Yeah, definitely whole, whole would be there. Garbage, uh, garbage. Uh, so it's basically uh, Captain Marvel is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, just double checking. I'm trying to think of some others. Uh, yeah, uh, that's all. I feel like there's an entire um, genre which, which, of, a female alterna rock that I'm Wait, completely... Was it Riot Girl? Riot that? Girls, yeah. That's it. That's it's spelled G-R-R-L. I, I want that That's to be in the... like How Anthony makes the quotes for this movie. I want Riot Girl to be in one of the quotes. <laughs> this this movie should have had Riot Girl in it. And then who if, if any surviving members of Riot Girl are out there, this <laughs> will make Riot their Girl's day. Riot Girl's a genre. Oh, okay. I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was an actual band. No, That's no. how out of touch. I am not woke when it comes to female artists. I'm sorry. No. It, yeah, we I, all we're. It's very obvious. I we're talking about Bikini Kill and Sleater Kenny. Yeah. Mo- Bratmobile. Maybe I'll make a band called Riot. Pussy Riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bikini there Kill is the only one I knew. I had to look it up. I, I've heard of be a Bikini Kill and Pussy Riot and Sleater Kenny, but um. Anyway, that's all. That's what Amanda would be listening to as she uh, as she works at her clothing boutique store that she doesn't love in terms of her job. And she goes home, uh, and who do, who calls but Charlie, her on again, off again, uh, to break off her date because he's going to fuck his cousin. And no, that's just, the craziest thing. He's just going to go vacation with his cousin. No, to- like. It's so odd because they don't tiptoe around it, yeah. and you know, it's not—it's not like he's lying. Oh, I'm visiting my cousin. He is visiting his cousin, but he's going to visit his cousin because he's fucking his cousin, which is the craziest plot t- plot point of this movie. Well, they set up the whole joke by saying where the cousin's from, from Alabama. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, no, this this movie is down it's, with cousin fucking. Yeah, it, it it's. That whole plot thing is just to set up a, a line from her later in the movie, mm-hmm. Amanda. Well, I mean, they that's a, above and beyond for a joke that yeah. that happens thirty minutes later. Yep, um, <laughs> and that's where that's where this movie pays off is just where it will go for a joke, and it went cousin fucking. Um, as we mentioned in Teen Wolf two, uh, only assholes have vanity plates, so Charlie has a vanity plate. Uh. <laughs> real quick i'm sorry to interject here i thought he was making that up to be honest with you oh. is it, so it's really his cousin in the movie by all accounts it is mentioned by amanda it is mentioned by the feds that it's his cousin oh yeah see now i didn't i figured it was he was just lying like it was a cover-up yeah i'm taking my cousin out nope Okay, so that's that makes it even weirder. Yeah, because it's he's because he makes no secret that the girl, like he. It seems like it's a, there's an understanding 
between him and Amanda that this girl he's calling his cousin, regardless of whether or not she's his cousin, is that, his he's having, that he's just having sex with her. Yeah. Okay. So it's so not now, really. So even if it wasn't his cousin, he's he's not lying about having sex with her. So <laughs> so now, I like I'm jumping further ahead. Like, do you care if I jump a little ahead? No, go ahead. So now, she knows. So we're we're saying that she knows that uh, was Chris, right? Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. Charlie. I'm sorry. So we we jump ahead, and she knows that Charlie is fucking his cousin, and she fucks him. That's mm-hmm. disgusting. Well, That's, she does make him wear a condom. It, it's still this. That means absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're getting the sloppy seconds of a cousin fucker. Well, she says she doesn't want his sloppy seconds. Well, she lied. Yeah. Well, she spiritually she fucks the alien. But physically, that's right. still Charlie's but dick. Sex, sex is more than just the physical. Yeah. Dan, you should know that. <laughs> who, who, tell, who told you that lie? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that was something that they said in health class. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your first mistake. <laughs> I have no spiritual connection with anyone. All right. <laughs> Dan has go no in. Dan goes in and raw dogs it. <laughs> yep, I leave him worse than when I found him. <laughs> That's my motto. Jenny, if you're listening, we apologize. <laughs> she she knows what she signed up for. <laughs> you strap yourself in and you feel the G's. <laughs> feel the G's. <laughs> I'm now legally. I have to change my name to Max Power now. That's it. Yeah. It's part of a. It's law. And I don't want to break the law. <laughs> uh, so uh, Amanda basically tells Charlie to go fuck off um, and turns on some more alt-rock girl music and uh, turns on the TV to see a news story about an escaped alien. Uh, so I'm assuming that aliens are common knowledge in this movie universe. Because she because plays it super cool. Yeah. yeah. she like they're, The government goes on the news to talk about an escaped alien she is super not surprised by any escaped alien that she eventually meets in the future. Uh, so it's to stand to reason that every it's common knowledge that aliens exist. Yeah, she's, she almost seems like bored by it. Yeah. Like she turns on the TV and the, the general's talking like, oh, this alien could be anywhere. We're searching. She's like, oh, what the fuck? Where's my, you know, where's 90210? I thought that's supposed to be on right, right now. Very blasé about yeah. it. Yes. You, you uh, like that reference, 90210? That was yeah, a good yeah. one. Right? All right, cool. That's a 90s reference, guys. Very for apropos the, of this movie. For the kids out there that don't know what 90210 was. Well, they will soon. Well, now they will. Yeah. Or is it coming back? Yes. Oh, shit, I didn't know. I thought, I thought he meant because people listen to this podcast. That's what I was going off of. Yeah. No, the I never millions. self-promote. What do you, you know that. No. <laughs> you only make... <laughs> <laughs> Jokes that nobody else gets. <laughs> Not even the people that are supposed to. I, I was speaking to the millions and millions of, oh, they call man. this a movie, podcast fans. <laughs> um, so it's another she, 90s reference. Yeah. There we go. I'm full of it. Continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. You definitely are full of it. Uh, <laughs> so after that, she decides she's going to go out. She's going to step out. So we have costume change montage. Where she tries on all her... 90s outfits and then yeah. goes to a hipster coffee shop mm. that the uh, band from Twitter Jacob Wall always tweets about. Um, we get some oversized chess, some poetry slams. Uh, this is like this is like Gen X blackface. <laughs> how, now, how do you figure? 
Uh, it's just like it's like stereotyping yes. Gen X Generation X people in a very uh, uh, over the top uh, yeah. generic sort of way. I don't mean okay. it's I don't mean it's like tantamount to blackface, but it's like if if you're going to satirize Gen Xers in a blackface form, it would be essentially this. Okay, that so yeah. that makes a little more sense. Okay, yeah, it's just like oh, what do the what do Gen Xers like? Um, you know, it's like if we had, if if you had millennials and you just like had avocado toast. Okay. So that would show up in, (laughs) yeah, in this version. Okay. Yeah, man, that's, I'm glad I wasn't old enough for that stuff. This came out in 95. So I wasn't nearly old enough to experience that. I was pretty sheltered and now I'm kind of happy I was. All it's missing is a cameo from Counting Crows. (laughs) Counting Crows. It's yeah. uh, it's it's a pretty shitty place to hang out, I would say. <laughs> or, or Ethan Hawke. Yeah, this movie is reality bites without the without the screenwriting. Yep. Uh, so she's having her coffee, her latte, reading a newspaper, which is a weird a sight to see nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never see newspapers anymore. And then she sees a weird person trying to figure some shit out and across the bar. And she assumes it's an alien. I mean, yeah, right off the bat. Right off the bat. She goes over to it and she's just like, hey, I know you're an alien. You ain't figuring this shit out. Um, I can help you if you want. Because no one knows what it's like to be human except for me. How, how um, great would it have been if this was kind of like in uh, comedies where you can liken it to... Uh, uh, a blind date when the guy goes up to like the ugly girl at the bar or like the super hot chick at the bar and, like all right like i i'm so and so and like i they like pretty much they know or they think that that's the blind date right how great would it have been if uh, nicole egger went over to this woman assuming it's an alien and she's like bitch well, who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> like uh okay and they just get up and walk away <laughs> yeah they're pretty good yeah, you should have wrote I, this. I, I wish I had. I, w- I wasn't old enough. I wasn't old enough. We could change that, though. Um, that time machine. That time machine. Well, we're going to make... What is it? <laughs> we got a lot of stops. <laughs> we do. 90. <laughs> so it's, thankfully, it's not too far back. It's the late 80s, early 90s. We could fit right in. Oh, I think yeah. a, lot yeah. of the, a lot of the fashion is back in at this point. Tell me the three of us would not fucking dominate the late 80s, early 90s in terms of shitty movies. Absolutely. Ah, oh, we would just we would run away with it. We it, yeah. we would they they would put our faces on the Mount Rushmore of shit movies. <laughs> That'd be us. Yes, up and there I, with, and you could put uh, what's his name up there? Uh, Malibu? Malibu. Yeah, Malibu. <laughs> Aaron McBee. <laughs> Sir, this is our twelfth episode he's, where we mentioned Malibu. <laughs> he's just we're the, go, we're, he's the actor we get to star in all of our movies. <laughs> Uh, he, the, yeah, he's he's our Stan Lee. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, Amanda, she approaches the alien. She's just like, "You're not you're not pulling this off. Come on, let me help you." And at first, the alien is uh, a little taken aback, uh, but then she joins Amanda. She's like, "All right, help me. I need to rendezvous with my with my pals. So please help me." So Amanda's like, "All right, let's go." Um, and then we have a really short scene of uh, Stacy Keach and Michael Dorn. They uh, basically just say that they know that they've escaped, kind of have an idea of where 
the alien is heading because they kind of they know that Connie was possessed by the alien. Yeah. So and then we cut back, uh, and Michael Dorn steals Stacy Keach's sandwich and eats it. That's what we get out of that <laughs> that scene. Uh-oh. Yeah, but th- that was a waste. Yeah. <laughs> so it seemed like a good sandwich. Um, but you probably loved it because it's that guy. It's Michael Dorn. Yeah, he's the MVP so you, of the movie. Yeah, you were probably head over heels with that move. Yeah, like oh my god, the way he picked it up, phenomenal. <laughs> hey, someone's gonna be the MVP, and it's definitely him. All right, well, I, I, to me, it's Keach because he's so fucking condescending to everyone in this movie. <laughs> I mean, he he is great. I'm not gonna lie, Stacy Keach okay. is great. So we'll uh, agree. We'll agree on that. Yeah. Oh yeah, when I saw that Stacy Keach was in this movie, that's sort of the reason why I wanted to do this movie. Oh, there you go. The Keach. It's like yeah. the Gooch. Mm-hmm. So Amanda and Connie go to Amanda's house. Um, Connie sees a cat for the first time, um, and she doesn't eat it, so that's good. And then uh, Amanda realizes that uh, Connie smells terribly, and she orders her to go take a shower. And that's when uh, she basically strips Connie naked, puts her into the shower, and and, Amanda, and Connie doesn't understand how to take a shower. See, this is one of the things where it's like, all right, well, how how does she not how to, know how to take a shower when she knew how to drive a car? Yeah. Um, and I so. love that it's one of the easiest excuses to, you know, have a nude scene in a movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, you, oh you smell bad. Like, why does Connie stink after only being like 12 hours being possessed by, uh, by an alien? Does the alien just naturally smell? So, yeah. Uh, so then maybe that's how you realize that. That an someone's an alien. It's like, ooh, my God, you smell. You have an alien musk to you. <laughs> um, so she doesn't know how to take a shower, so Amanda has to strip down and join her in the shower. Uh, <laughs> one thing I noticed in terms of the filmmaking of how loud the shower is over them talking. It's like, I don't know how uh, how other films accomplish this scene. Maybe they just do ADR audio and voices, yeah. but... They struggle to talk over the shower, and then the alien accidentally discovers masturbation, which was pretty fun. I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, that and, harkens me back to my younger days. And, and and thinking back on this scene, this is another one where they show you how short Nicole Eggert is. Yeah, yeah. Connie towers over her. <laughs> that, that it is a stark contrast. Yeah. Yeah, well, like fine. I said, it's just it's just weird because like I I mean maybe I just don't pay much attention to it, but there's just yeah. one one scene that just made me like wow, they're not hiding the fact that she's like short and or like are these girls just enormous, but in the boutique. Yeah, uh, the, the cool thing about that then with Nicole Eggert, she wouldn't complain about needing guys who are like six ten, you know, like on her profile. Like you if you're not if you're under six foot, don't even bother swipe left. Nicole Eggert would be cool. Be like, all right, you're you're most likely taller than me, so we're re- we're ready to rock. Five seven? Oh, that's four inches taller than me. Yeah, well, it's perfect. Let's do it. Nicole Eggert and I would have got it on. <laughs> um, don't 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 fall for any of those sub sixers. Can't be trusted. <laughs> oh, enough of enough of your heresy. All right, there's more. <laughs> There's more of us than there are of you. <laughs> Tell him, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, the alien accidentally discovers masturbation. Um, she, you know, Amanda kind of pulls her out of, the, out of the shower and she gets dressed. Um, she talks to the alien. Alien says they they 
eat flesh, basically, and they prefer humans the most. Um, and then we discover that for some reason, paprika uh, turns the alien on sexually. Uh, and they they also decide that if they're going to try and get this alien back home, they need to find a guy to switch to, basically, because um, A, Connie, they know that Con- Connie's body is being possessed by an alien, and B, um, men m- have an easier time in life than women, so it'll be easier for her to go around without being bothered, is essentially the, the, the plan, which is kind of still true today. Yeah, guys just yeah. have an easier life. <laughs> yes. I don't. <laughs> My life is shit. <laughs> Oh, he's the contrarian. Yeah, yeah that, my life is pretty awesome, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so they decide that they need to find some guys, so it's like, oh, oh let's go clubbing. That's a whole bunch of guys that are probably just going to try and fuck you immediately. So yeah. we'll try and take one of those guys back. Yeah. So when uh, they get a call from Charlie, who's come, he's looking for some CDs. So uh, that, that phone call doesn't go great, so Amanda decides that Charlie's the perfect perfect guy to uh, sacrifice for for this new plan uh, so she tells uh, Connie that the guy's going to come over to the house and then she can take over his body and Amanda leaves to give the alien some space because she doesn't want to see it would happen because Amanda's a good wingman good wingman <laughs> yeah that's true she helps out she does uh, that's when Charlie stops by um, and immediately sexually assaults Connie uh, yeah, it doesn't even think twice about it. Yeah, it comes like, oh, right I'm in. Just gonna, I'm just going to grab this boob here. Like, <laughs> Are you my huh? cousin? Because I'm sexually aroused <laughs> right now. I wish he would have said something like that. <laughs> You're way hotter than my cousin. <laughs> and he's just like, he just like literally like like a, a something a 12 year old boy would do, just like honk. <laughs> yeah, he. I notice he just gives like a a quick grab. Like, what what are you like, doing, bud? Like he's never <laughs> like he's never touched the boob before. Right. Like, what do I do with these things? Yeah. With these, I wish he would have called them cones again. Uh, <laughs> Look at these cones. <laughs> Nothing like a bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, they they had so many opportunities here. Yeah. Imagine if it wasn't if it wasn't Charlie. Like, that'd be great if like someone answered the door. It was like the paper boy. Well, that's what I said before. I don't think we we were recording yet. I would have loved it if they just dumped Charlie throughout the rest of the film, and there was like just some other guy that they brought in because Charlie sucks <laughs> so fucking hard throughout this movie. At at one point, I think I I, I said finally when they get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not great. Uh, no. And it's kind of weird because it's like she hates him, so it's like, well, yeah, why sacrifice? Right. Yeah. But then she's just kind of stuck with him for a while. Um, right. So I, I'm looking up this guy, Michael Bendetti. I, I I think I could take him in a fight. So if if he's listening, like this is my I challenged uh, Tom Cruise in an octagon <laughs> fight because I'm sure he's 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 got to be in his fifties, right? Probably. All right, so I ch- I challenge I challenge Michael Bendetti to an octagon fight. <laughs> and if you don't accept, just everybody knows hey, that you're a coward. You're a fucking coward, Bendetti. <laughs> Bendetti. Um, 
Yeah. So he he grabs a boob and then and then he asks for um, consent, more or less. He's like, "Does it feel good?" <laughs> and then she sticks his hand up her uh, upper vagina, and oh, then they fuck. They, oh, they do! For glorious two minutes and twenty seconds. Yep. Interspersed with scenes from the coffee shop, which yeah. is uh, good old fashioned like foam shooting out, you know, like cum. It's the <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> it's a it. metaphor for cum. They they should have had the uh, the, the rocket going off. <laughs> and I guess yeah. it was I guess train it was... going into a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> the the oil well the uh, you know the oil the pump yeah. <laughs> You get it? <laughs> it's a metaphor for, for sex. <laughs> we got to bring that back. I hope that comes back again. What, what were you saying, Mark? I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, and this was also the way the uh, director or writer decided to show you that Amanda wasn't a bad person. That she was like being very like, like unsure yes. about the decision. Right. Yeah, she, I, it looks know. like she's she's arguing with herself like oh was this the right call or not yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird to me it kind of just came off like like they didn't really know what kind of direction to give her she just kind of looked mad and it looked like maybe she had to take a pee <laughs> <laughs> are you saying she might have been a little constipated or something like maybe maybe she just drank too much too many lattes it's like oh my god four lattes i really got to pee <laughs> but like she's got to go home because she doesn't really trust the bathroom there that's right. She's, like, oh, she can't, she can't you think they're public. done now? <laughs> right. Yeah. She's a uh, shy bladder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, we've all been there. Yeah. So that, um, that's a question you really should have asked her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the after the sex, um, Connie's not done, but Charlie is uh, completely drained. His balls are completely drained, and he's barely as- barely awake. He's about to fall asleep. So she inhales him and becomes Charlie and Amanda comes back and uh, the Char- Charlie's now the alien and they make fun of how bad regular Charlie is at sex um, and that he's ready for new earth experiences now so they go back to hipster coffee shop and uh, Charlie alien um, mentions to Amanda that now that he's in Charlie's body he's looking at her differently it's a very gender fluid uh, movie yeah. yeah, there's some subtle undertones to this film. You have the vegetarian undertones, the gender yes. fluid undertones. Yeah, it's 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 a woke movie. Yeah, the the alien fucks Charlie as a woman, and then he uh, then he fucks Amanda as a man. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so non-binary. So Amanda essentially goes both ways, more or less. Yeah. Well, that's I would have cool. made that movie a lot cooler too. Yeah, and that's what that's what I I think we said before. It would have been better if the alien just stayed Connie. Yeah, at least it would have made me happy. So yeah. if if her. this right, like if this went the full softcore porn situation, the shower scene would have led to a sex scene. Right, and then and then the alien would have fucked Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Charlie would have been his. He would have stayed Charlie. Yeah, yeah. And there, you might have gotten a three way. Maybe towards the end, but I mean, that might be pushing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't write these things, although I've tried, <laughs> and that's just where I would have gone with it. 
Sure. Uh, I will say, though, that this movie does pass the Bechdel test. In what way? Uh, that's the Bechdel test, the uh, two women talking to each other, not about a man. Oh, there you go. That's well, no, they do. Well, they're, well, they, they do. Ha- they do have conversations oh, you're that right. do not involve a man. That's right. You, so, yeah, you are correct. So this is a very progressive movie, as we just laid out. Yeah. Passes the Bechdel test. We have a character that is gender fluid, and we have uh, conversations about being a vegetarian. That's right, because the alien won't eat animals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like dead animals. So, they, yeah, I mean, that part, I, I'm sure it disgusted you guys. You fucking heathens. The part that felt very vegetarian, vegan, was their conversation closer to the end. Yeah, where, when, oh, yeah. when the she, alien is Michael Dorn. And she criticizes him for eating intelligent life, and then he says, I've seen your farms, you know, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. thing. Hey, hey, listen, that's Anthony's hero. So <laughs> if no one could change him... If anyone's going to change it, it's going to be that guy. Yep. You fucking monsters. <laughs> I'll cut your mic. <laughs> oh, my computer does that for me usually, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. Uh, so they're hip- at the hipster coffee shop, um, and Amanda's work friend Jessica shows up with her douchebag boyfriend who uh, yep. tells a great joke. Mark, was the joke? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's what does a porcupine? What's, what's the difference, difference between, between a porcupine and, and a, a guy por- driving a Porsche? The, and just a, the, a Porsche. The porcupine Porsche, okay. has pricks on the outside. Something yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really the porcupine has a has the pricks on the outside. outside. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie does not laugh. Nope. I knew which it had is, something to do. Which is the correct response? And... Yeah, he should have been shamed about that joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty bad dad joke. I think the guy's name is Dave, right? Yeah, I think so. Because Amanda makes sure to point out they're both yeah. their names, so but Charlie could realize that their names because he he would know what their names are. Yeah, I think that would have that would have warranted like a really fake obnoxious laugh after he told that joke. <laughs> yeah, like, like a like Rocket Raccoon in the first Guardians movie when he does yeah. his fake laugh, something along those lines. Right. That's a fake laugh. It's real. It's real. <laughs> so uh, after that joke, Charlie uh, has some coffee with some cinnamon on it and does then does a weird, crazy-ass dance that embarrasses Amanda. And she kind of ushers him out of the out of the uh, coffee shop. She's never explained, like, what's his reaction to these spices? Right. It, it goes so many different ways. He's either super horny or he needs to dance. Yeah. He just, he has to hit that dance floor. I think I think the joke with isn't the the joke I would get with paprika is that it, it's one that doesn't really have much flavor, so it would be weird for it to. I don't know. Be first of all, I don't know, I don't know I, if that that con- that doesn't constitute a joke. First of all, everyone knows that aliens love adobo. All right, that's a well-known fact. So where they got paprika from, I don't know. And I don't like it. I don't care for it. All right, <laughs> writers of this movie, I don't care for it. That you don't change the canon of alien spices. <laughs> okay, that, that's that's an inside it, joke. I don't care. <laughs> no, there, there is no there's no inside joke. I just I thought of a spice and I like adobo more than paprika, and I went with it. I okay. took a shot and it didn't land. 
Then <laughs> we'll just move well, on. Moving welcome, on. Welcome to my world, Dan. <laughs> I'm in good company. You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's true. Uh, so they leave the coffee shop, and that's when the uh, the cop the the feds show up, um, start questioning everybody. Um, Michael okay. Dorn again. This is where he is the MVP of the movie, where uh, he orders a coffee and the guy gives him, and he's like, "That's a buck." And it's just like, "Coffee's free for cops." Walks away, <laughs> and then he breaks the guy's guitar for no reason. Uh, I love I love the fact that everyone in this movie hates cops. And like they come in and they go. So have you seen these two before? I see lots of people. Yeah, everybody's just everybody's like real tough guy around around federal officers. Are we sure this movie wasn't shot in 2015? Oh, easy there. Oh, mind Blue blowing matter, matter. This is fucking mind blowing, man. <laughs> they knew so much. So eventually, after he breaks that guy's guitar, he gets some information about Amanda. Um, and then we cut to Amanda drives to the lookout spot, talks to uh, the alien about his home world and blah, blah, blah. And they look over to uh, another car that has stopped at this lookout point. This is like a makeout point. He sees that two people are kissing. So he, uh, he immediately kisses Amanda, um, who he is apparently very good at kissing because he just looked at people for three seconds and she immediately takes him home. And then they fuck. And then the movie begins. Uh, if you're Anthony. This is where the movie gets good. Now, after I'm, uh, the sex. I am so looking forward to your explanation as to how this gets better. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm, in, I, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Like, what is he going to say that makes this better? Well, did you hear they fucked? I did. I I did hear about it, and it was pretty terrible. Um, you see, you see, no boobs. Nope. That you is see, a little disappointing. But uh, you we're on the upswing. We're on the upswing. And immediately, then the next day, you just see his ass. That I mean, that's that's. that's I mean, I'm sure there's an audience for that. That's but, a low valley. This is where like the the comedy uh, actually takes takes a hold of this. I don't I don't think it's particularly funny, but this is where like, the tone kind of shifts a little bit in this movie. And I think this is kind of the tone that they should have had throughout. I think a lot of the first half of this movie up until this point is just a lot of explanation and kind of un like unfun parts of fish out of water stories. Like it kind of just like set like I think we talk a lot about like a lot of these movies that we watch could be better if they leaned into like fish out of water aspects of it like kazam mark Wonder and i Woman. talked about it um yeah how if that movie leaned more into kind of like oh kazam hasn't been around for three thousand years and all this is new to him and all right. of a sudden he 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 raps naturally and he's really good at it so blah 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 um and i think i think this movie does that fish out of it doesn't really particularly do it well in the beginning and I think it, it takes itself a little too seriously at times because they're trying to get through, I guess, kind of set up almost like it's not completely exposition, but it sort of is treated that way, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, they spend a lot of time explaining, you know, why or what they don't know and what life is like to them and how they do the things that they do. And at this point, it. I think the comedy takes on a little bit more. Well, like I said, I don't think it's particularly good comedy. It's kind of slapsticky. It's kind of 
obvious, but I think at this point, especially with the next scene where the cops come to the house in the morning, although they're waiting outside at night, so they could have just as easily showed up at night. Um, That's a good point. I, I remember they, they cocked their guns at night yeah. and do nothing. And they're, they're just weirdly like stroking their guns <laughs> at each other. Does that mean they fucked each other? Maybe, maybe. Was, they gave was that the sign? And these... Was that, was that the sign that I'm about to give you the best HJ you've ever gotten in your life? <laughs> Detective or whatever they are. They're federal agents, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the cops come in, the feds come in and uh, start questioning Amanda, who, again, like like Mark said, just like uh, not showing them much respect. Just like, whatever. Yeah, she was here. What, do you, what of it? And she's gone now. Get out of my house or whatever. It would have been so much easier if she just complied so with the officers, right? Or, or just got that 90s, blinking at them. It's, that, that it's the 90s. Too. She was a rebel. The Attitude Era. <laughs> it, it was the... Oh, did the Attitude Era start yet? I think it did. No. Oh, when did it start? 98? Yeah. 96? Uh, yeah, 97, 98, yeah. So can we say that uh, she was responsible... For the, the attitude error, the attitude error, and not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep, that's I, exactly I, I would go saying. with you on that. If she would have oinked in this scene, at the oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> she she gives uh, she gives one of the federal officers a Stone Cold stunner. She's just like, do I smell bacon? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, so they they start. They were asked. They what are asking about. Uh, that would have been because she's making breakfast. I think she even offers them coffee. Mm-hmm. So what are you like? Oh, you know, I'm making breakfast. Would you like some coffee, some bacon, and just like really lays into the bacon? Yeah, that we've got plenty of bacon around here. Yeah. <laughs> they cut off a slab. Yeah, that would have been a nice uh, gut or shot. Maybe right? some donuts. Oh, even better, <laughs> even better. That's a good one. <laughs> Um, so they question her about Connie. Uh, she says that she left. She doesn't know where she is. Start talk, start questioning her about her boyfriend, Charlie, because he is currently missing. Although you really can't file a missing persons report that quickly, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and then at that moment, Charlie walks down in full display. Oh, yeah. Fuck ass naked. Um, the world to see. For the world to see. And uh, this kind of freaks out the cops so the cops run out after that they're like oh well he's here okay that's so much for that missing persons report right we'll see you later um, <laughs> nothing to see here yeah so after that they decide at that point uh the heat's on it's time for charlie to go home meet his rendezvous to go home which he mentions in hollywood so they hit the road they and they decide to uh, get to Hollywood. So stop off at a gas station. This is where they start talking about their feelings for each other. Uh, the alien says like, we don't really have lo- the idea of love in our in our world, but I think whatever love is, I think that's what I feel for you. And Amanda's like, I can't believe I've fallen in love with an alien that eats human flesh. And then he but, says, I like your human flesh. But she, I was just gonna say she's. Niagara Falls down there when she when he says that sploosh oh, you need a wet floor sign yeah and nice reaction shots from the gas station attendant yep yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so then we cut to Stacy Keach shows up with a whole bunch of federal agents to Amanda's house. He scolds the feds for letting uh, a guy shake his dick around them and not realize that it was an alien. Uh, Again, Stacey. how? How do you figure that? Just because well, he's, he's naked? Well, he says the one of the first things that you should be looking for is abnormal behavior. Well, people walk around naked in their house. That's true. Yeah. And right? it, Come it, on. And it does lead to Muggle Door and uh, one of the best lines in the movie where he goes, because of his Johnson, sir. <laughs> That's, it's, it's tough to think of anything when you have a man's Johnson in your face. <laughs> Which is probably true. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's first time for everything, I guess. And again, they keep they keep run another running that joke into the ground. You know, says Keach goes, you know, his Johnson, his Johnson, yes, sir. sir, yes, his Johnson. So uh, they storm the house. There's nobody there. Keach uh, calls the phone, uh, dials the, uh, I guess the the base, the government, and tells the track the trace the last phone call, which leads to a. Uh, a motel outside of Barstow, and then that's when we thought, cut to. I thought it was Bakersfield. Bakersfield, I think so. Yeah. Um, so we find Amanda and Charlie are at that exact motel. I don't know why they called it. It's just the motel. You just show up. No. Yeah. Um, well, again, uh, it's another thing to set up a joke they're going to tell in ten minutes. <laughs> line them up and knock them down. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Um. Amanda and Charlie go to the West. It's a Western themed motel. Uh, they have this great mural in their room of a stagecoach robbery, <laughs> well, which it's like ten seconds away from a bloodbath. Yeah, wasn't that like <laughs> they called it the Gary Cooper room? Something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they call yeah. it the Gary Cooper room. And they are also but, under reservations of James T. Kirk. Yep, that's a good one. Star Trek reference for uh, the yeah. Michael Dorn fans out there. They have two Star Trek references in this movie. Oh, yeah. At the very end, I think she just comes out right out and says, I saw it in Star Trek. And Michael Dorn says, Star Trek? And yeah, so that that's that. But I, I will say there's one part to this movie that I thought was pretty cool. Not even cool. I just I enjoyed it. When the desk clerk calls their room, he has the fucking, like, the... I don't even know, like the the old school phone where you hold the one piece up to your ear and speak yeah. into the the other yeah. part. Yeah. Like, like where the fuck did they get that? <laughs> uh, so they 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 walk into this, the Gary Cooper room, and then they fuck. <laughs> this time third. with paprika. With paprika. So yeah, they they do like the uh, the Armageddon kind of uh, with with the animal cracker right mm-hmm. with Liv Tyler. So that was, uh, well, I guess this came out first, right? Yeah. So maybe Armageddon copied stole off Stole from Man and the Alien. You heard it here first. Armageddon stole a PG-13 sort of sex scene from Man and the Alien. So fucking Michael Bay. Michael fucking Bay stealing from this movie. Unbelievable. Have you no shame, sir? Yeah. So then we got a scene with a, at a government meeting. Where Stacy Keach argues with the military head, really just a a scene to to show the briefing of what the government's plan is to get this uh, alien back, and uh, then we cut to the hotel, some post sex room service, which is kind of like all the staples of what P- 
people think is sexy, like caviar, champagne, strawberries, whipped cream, and chicken paprika. And there's no way that hotel has any of that stuff. <laughs> right. Well, he does say he has he had to go out for the caviar. Okay. <laughs> I had to go to the store to get that. I hope you appreciate that. <laughs> he he might as well have just been doing that like that tip sign, like rubbing yeah. his his yeah. uh, fingers together. He does get a good tip. He gets like a twenty, an extra twenty dollar tip. Yeah, it took me a while. I was like, "How is she just order?" And I was like, "Oh, they're probably just using Charlie's stuff." Probably. Right. I yeah, never really thought about it, but yeah, that's smart, smart. Because yeah. I mean, who's going to be able to find him once he's once he's gone? Yeah, and the uh, the moment uh, that he mentions chicken paprika, we get a boing yeah. sound <laughs> <laughs> and reaction from Charlie because he gets. He goes from six to midnight at the idea of paprika, which is impressive because he just had sex. That's yeah. pretty tough to do. He's uh, he's a very virile, I guess. <laughs> That's the benefit of being an alien, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You just, just go whenever you non-stop. want. <laughs> That's all we do in my home planet. We just fucking eat. Yep. Uh, so at this moment, the feds start showing up, uh, and they do get tipped off by the room service attendant. Kind of, they gives a phone call and says, "Hey, a lot of people looking for you right now." And they're like, "All right, thanks." And then they're like, "There's only one way to get out of this one." And then the uh, feds show up. What's up? I was gonna say, and then they use the line where he goes, "For my conscience, did you not? You didn't kill anybody, did you?" And she's like, "Well, not not exactly," you know, right. paraphrasing it. Yeah, uh, I think she's like, "He's like, you're not serial killers, right?" <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Fed show up, they, uh, they shoot Amanda with a tranquilizer. Uh, that was a good part, too. When Stacy Keach is like, shoot her, that's an order, and he just goes, okay. <laughs> shoots her right in the, pretty much shoots her right in the tit. <laughs> right in the chest, right in the boob. Uh, see, another good scene after they fucked the first time. I'll, yeah. I'll, I will give you that one part. <laughs> was, was it, um, Michael Dorn? Uh-huh. When he he puts the he holsters his gun, and Stacy Keach is pretty much again he's belittling him, like that's a fucking order. He goes he goes all right and pulls it back out and shoots her. No problem. <laughs> he's like nice shot. <laughs> right. I mean, she, she, Amanda wasn't really covered. Yeah. <laughs> she was just standing next to him. <laughs> it was a surprise though that it was a trank. That was I yeah I thought it might have been a live round. I was to shoot her. <laughs> I was like, man, this plan is going poorly. <laughs> that would have been a good surprise. Boom, blows her away. Like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. We just killed Amanda. <laughs> I thought I thought you had the I thought you had the trank. Oh, you didn't tell us. I, I thought we were... Yeah, I, no one I thought we were, the tranquilizer gun. Yeah, I thought we were weapons-free here. <laughs> License uh, to kill, motherfucker. Yeah. So, um... So they, t- they take Amanda... Uh, under arrest, they put her in a truck. Meanwhile, uh, Michael Dorn is investigating the room. Um, as spoiler alert, he eventually comes across the alien who possesses his body, um, which is, a, is played as a surprise in this movie. Um, but he gets in the truck with his uh, his federal agent buddy, uh, driving Amanda towards the uh, the government uh, facility. But he pulls over and he's like, "Ah, oh, I think I got." I think I got like a flat. You mind checking it out? So his fed buddy jumps out, goes to check, and he drives away. Amanda comes to at this point. 
um, and they realize that they need to basically dump the truck to uh, to get away. Um, so they go to a uh, a greasy spoon diner there, um, and she starts chatting up with a uh, a truck driver. Starts talking about how she's like uh, she's going to California to become a star, but she's just been hitchhiking this whole way, really putting on the uh, the young girl charms on like this older uh, guest uh, the truck driver to try and get a ride. He agrees, and then she kind of surprises him, like, "Oh, see," talks to her to the alien, like, "Oh, yeah, he's going to give us a ride." It's sort of like a switcheroo, mm-hmm. like this is like truck buying driver. a drink for. Uh... For, for a girl at the bar and realizing she just gives it to her buddy. Yeah. So uh, basically, his uh, truck driver thought he was going to get a blowjob on the way to Los Angeles, but uh, unfortunately, he does not. In, in the movie I wrote, he does. <laughs> there is a, a softcore porn where that, that plays out. And, and it's still called Amanda and the Alien. I don't change the title. No, yeah. yeah you don't need to. Uh, so... They they go off and Stacy Keach eventually finds the uh, the other guy that was left off with the side of the road. He scolds him a bit, um, and they go off trying to look for him. They know which direction they're headed, so they're headed that way. And uh, this is where my notes kind of uh, go off. They're so. in the truck. They're in the truck with the truck driver, and that's have, where the movie ends. Yay! Now. Um, <laughs> We still have like 20 minutes left of this movie. Uh, so they're in the truck with a truck driver. They eventually wind up in the back of the truck. And that's when they have their conversation about the uh, the vegetarianism. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, because they start talking about what his mission was here. And, you know, that this planet needs a food source. And he, they were coming down to see if humans were, you know, food. And then... But he's going to go up and tell them not to use the humans as food. Right. So. Yeah. That scene's not really that important for our yeah. purposes. This next scene, though, when Stacy Keach and the federal agent go into the diner, might good. be my favorite scene it is. of it's the whole good. movie. And that is why this movie gets better after they fuck. For one uh, scene? This scene. So Stacy Keach and the other, other federal agent go to the uh, the diner where they know that the Amanda and the other guy have been start questioning the the owner of the of the diner start giving her sass and that's uh, not looked too kindly upon by um, the truck drivers there who frequent there so they are like I think you should apologize to let's call her Marge in this instant large Marge yeah. I large Marge do know her name but what's her name Thelma 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 Apologize to Thelma and uh, Stacy Keach basically is like, fuck you guys. And he goes to pull out a gun, his gun, because he's a federal agent. And then everybody pulls their guns out on Stacy Keach. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, some, some good libertarian justice there. It's great. It's great. It's a great moment. Great uh, scene. It's pretty. That, that gave me a. It, it got a chuckle out of me. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's, eh. a, that's an upsetting reason to think that this movie gets better, Anthony. It, if you think the first part sucked, there's only one way to go, and that's up. To, to me, it just flatlined. <laughs> um, and then they're just basically like, well, this road only goes two directions. It's like, <laughs> if, if they're coming from the north, they're probably going south. And if they came from the south, they're probably going north. Um, yeah. So 
then we get to California, I think, at this point. Really. There's really nothing much Mm -hmm. more major that happens before we get to California, get to Los Angeles. Yeah, they they pull up there and all of a sudden it's daytime. It's daytime. It's morning. Um, She's trying to get him to his rendezvous point. Then Stacy Keach shows up with his federal agents. Um, And Stacy Keach, uh, he eventually gets possessed by the alien. Yeah, and we forgot to mention that the rendezvous point is behind the sign that says Hollywood. Also known as the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And Michael Dorn gets blown away. He does. That's right. Yeah. Stacy Keach has the worst acting in that part. He shoots him. Yeah, it's no. so it's so unconvincing when he just like shoots the gun. And yeah, and just, that's like, where they make standing the, there. Yeah, that's where they make the Star Trek reference. Yep. Right. Like, oh, dying. the because she she drops the Wrath of Khan line. Yeah. We, the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yep, that's right. Uh, I heard it on Star Trek. Star Trek, because Michael Dorn was in Star that's Trek, right. guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I that's totally like the, got uh, it. It's like the Double Dragon <laughs> joke. Yeah. They make who's the boss in General Hospital ref. Yes, and yeah, very much so. Um, so at the rather than a man that keeps saying, you know, go, you know, possess me, blah blah blah. So instead, he possesses Stacy Keach, and I thought we were going to see Amanda make out with Stacy Keach. I bet Stacy Keach was looking forward to that too. <laughs> right. Like, right. Nice. So, so now, <laughs> where where uh, I'm not seeing the scene where I bang Amanda. Oh yeah, Stacy. We don't have time for that. The fuck you don't. <laughs> Stacy fucking Keach. Yeah. Is that my name on that billboard. <laughs> I don't know if he was he big at the time. He, I'm sure he was probably the biggest star, star in the movie. I think he was yeah. the biggest star. In the, I, I mean, I think Nicole Eggert was in. Yeah. Was probably the biggest star at, yes, this point at the time. Yeah. The age of was it like 24 at the time or something like that. See, can, uh, can real quick. I thought for a second that Nicole Eggert was the girl who covered uh, I Think We're Alone Now. Do you, oh. Who, who is that? Tiffany? Tiffany, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for some, oh. I don't know why. They have a redhead. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> I, um, do, I do enjoy that you referenced that as a cover. <laughs> I was like, I could Because it is. But yeah. Most yeah. people don't know that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. No, I'm glad you like that. If if Tiffany's listening, I hope she liked it. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't think she's listening. But anyway, you never know. Um, but then the they have some parting words together, and then uh, the alien spaceship pops up and uh, takes the alien away. And then we have a couple of kind of epilogue, kind of footnote scenes uh, where. She goes on to some sort of Ricky Lake sort of show where she punches out the the uh, the host of uh, right something yeah, like that. Yeah. Please, please, Ant. It's that was even below Ricky Lake. That's more Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> there you go, Sally Jesse Raphael. Um, and then that I just, I don't remember what the final scene was, but she's talking to her friends at that point or whatever, and then she's just painting. Kinda, Yes. Yeah, so oh, yeah. So right. the yeah. The two things is they make the comment that they've always wanted to punch that woman. Um, mm-hmm. So they're you know back in her good graces. They ask what she's doing. She says some bullshit, and then she goes home and paints like the home world of the aliens. I was expecting a reveal of her being pregnant. That would be good when they zoomed out. 
Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. Yeah, you know, because we only see we only see her use protection once, right? And those aliens are potent. And he also oh, yeah, did that no. thing where they touched foreheads. Yeah, at one point that would have been great. She has Stacy Keach's baby oh, because okay. of the forehead touch. I, I would have liked to. It, it could have been like a, the fly where she has the you know Gina Davis has the maggot. <laughs> What baby. does my baby look like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it turns <laughs> out it's one of those like flattened beach balls things that come out of her. If they totally did like the E.T. ending, like where E.T. is like points to his heart, I'll be right here. Yeah. And instead, Stacy keeps <laughs> points to her stomach. <laughs> I'll be right here. And it just like grows. Oh, yeah. It, just, it expands to automatically like yeah. 30, 30 weeks. <laughs> Like oh god no! <laughs> that would have been amazing. And then that—that's basically the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a shit show. This movie was an absolute shit show. <laughs> is this one of your least favorite movies that we've watched? It is. It really is. It truly is. I didn't hate it. Um, it's definitely not. It's nowhere near the top. I'm not. Um, I won't say it is, but I had moments where I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, the ending, like toward, like the second half of this movie, is to me uh, above and beyond better than the first half of it. I think they get a, a, a uh, away from a lot of the things that make the first part very boring. Um, and there's more, like there's more Stacy Keach and there's more Michael Dorn, so I'm happy mm-hmm. about that. This movie it lies off the get go. The cover, the cover art is Nicole Eggert shaking the hand of an alien. It looks like it has ten fingers on it. The aliens have no hands. <laughs> yep, this is bullshit. <laughs> Dan is very unhappy this week. Yeah, <laughs> you're goddamn right. I am. <laughs> this is bullshit. This movie. <laughs> I hated almost everyone in this movie other than Nicole Eggert and Stacey Keach. <laughs> I'm, s- I- I'm sorry. I can't I can't hide my feelings on this movie. I love it. No, it's fine. And I think another reason why I'm I'm pissed about it, I, I watch it with the subtitles on and the subtitles were good they like were like three, half four to, seconds out. Yeah, yeah, they were way behind, and I was just like, "Fuck, it's not even fucking worth it." And they were wrong a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it it added to my frustration with this movie, and it I can't even put into words really why this movie sucks. So I I think I've spent the whole time pretty much saying why it sucks. I don't yeah. I can't go any further. Mark, what about you? Uh, this movie, um, like I said, it's probably not, I am definitely not in Dan's category um, in terms of it being, uh, you know, the worst we've seen. Um, I probably didn't like it as much as you, um, but I do agree that literally the funny part is that split happens for you when I had to watch one half before going to work and I watched the second half when mm-hmm. I got home. Um, and it just happened to be right at like 45, 46 minutes. Um, and I had a much more enjoyable time watching it, you know, when I got back from work. Um, but throughout it, it was very much, you could have done so much more if you went one way or the other. You either went full, like Dan said, full softcore porn, 
you know, and just had to go that way. Or you go full comedy, like more kids movie type of uh, deal. And you probably would have got a better movie out of it that way. Towing this line in the middle just doesn't do anything for it. Um, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, I didn't hate myself watching it. Sure. Dan hated himself watching this. Uh, uh, I, I hate it even more now because I'm looking at the user reviews on IMDb. And there's so many fucking people that are giving this an 8 or 9 out of 10. And I want to find these people and just smash their heads in. So like the end of Jay and Simon Pops. Yeah, yeah I want to I go on a tour around the country finding these people. You said on... <laughs> yeah. So, so guys, how, how do you make this better? So, um, for me, I think you um, sort of play up the comedy. I, I, think, I think having it be much more of a comedic fish out of water um, a story than try and do the serious explanations from the beginning. Um, or, you know, um, I, I, it, sometimes it felt like not as much as, uh, the, uh, the, the, either the last film or the film before that, no, because we did Sleepaway Camp, but the film before that, where it felt like two different movies. Yeah, that's it. Um, this movie felt like it was kind of two different scripts at one point. Like he had written a totally serious alien movie and then was told to lighten it up but just didn't know how to do that and it just threw off the tone but yeah i think i think i'm more for if you lean more towards the comedy than you know going towards making it more porny okay damn uh yeah what was the question i'm sorry i cut out a little bit how how do you make this better uh i make this better by one of two ways one i keep the alien as connie throughout the movie and it's kind of a uh again I don't want, I'm not saying it just because it's like, oh, it's a lesbian movie. Uh, I just think it would be cooler to have, because it, it worked better when Connie was the fish out of water, I think. It, it just seemed better to me. So I keep Connie as the alien. Or two, we're always used to seeing the man kind of going after the woman in these comedies. I would have liked to have seen the opposite, where Amanda is like so hung up on... Uh, uh, Charlie, right? So when the alien turns into Charlie, I would have liked to have seen her going after Charlie and kind of Charlie not getting it because he's not human, if that makes any sense. Okay. And I guess he has to learn to become human and then falls for her. And then maybe instead of going to the rendezvous, he just kind of sticks on Earth and they, they're kind of like a happily ever after kind of thing. Okay. Cool. I would say... That you either make you you go to the opposite of Marks, where you turn this into a softcore porn in completion, you know, you know, mm-hmm. or more realistically and probably more better is what I said at the beginning. You turn this into an hour of a single hour pilot uh, of a syndicated sci-fi sort of comedy. Yeah. I think that it's an ongoing series. It's a '90s updated version of Mork and Mindy. You don't have to call it Mork and Mindy, but um, you you just have this story where um, an alien on Earth trying to learn how to be more human. And like I said, put that on after Hercules and Xena, you probably get four or five seasons out of it. 
Yeah, and, and plus mid-90s, you can get away with a little bit more at that point in terms of risque. So sure. if you if you want to have, you know, sex scenes, obviously you can't show yeah. nudity, but you can have a little, it could be a little spiced up. Ooh, you so, put it on in USA at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock after Silk Stockings. Silk <laughs> Stockings, that's a good one. That, there, I, I remember is, that one. This is one thing that I think we're going to miss uh, because of all this streaming and everything like that and just the the demand for quality content that doesn't necessarily always pay off but just like back in the 90s we had you know like I keep bringing up Xena and Hercules where it's just these like cheaply made kind of not too serious like I never watched any of these shows but just the just knowing that like they were on at like one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. There's almost like a comforting feeling right. in a way. Right. Like, like knew. Lorenzo Lamas in Renegade used to come on after Monday Night Raw all the time. Right. Because it was cool because, like you said, on the weekends, you would go out and play with your buddies. Yeah. And then when you were done, you were, you knew at least, all right, well, at least I got like, like Xena to come home yeah. and watch. Right. I don't think Buffy was on, or you might get like a rerun of Buffy or whatever. Right. So you knew something was there to greet you. Now it's just like I, there's a plethora of things yeah. that you're of shows and movies that you watch whatever you want. Exactly. There's so like it, there's no there's no tying a time and a place with a particular show. Like when we were kids, after school, Kids WB or Kids on Fox, where we're watching. Animaniacs or Spider-Man yeah. or Batman, the Batman animated series. series, Pinky and the Brain. And I'll even go as far as like TRL. TRL was huge when we were, you know, eighth middle school and high school. So you, you had that comforted, like Anthony said, you had that comforted, comforting feeling. Now it's just everything's at your disposal. There's no, it, it takes the guesswork out of everything, I guess, which is good. But it, sometimes you just like coming across that one fucking diamond in the rough when you're you're scrolling through the TV, you got your Doritos or whatever the fuck you're eating, you know, your Lunchables, your un- Uncrustables, and all the other O-Ubbles. O- but uh, yeah, it's just, I, I think you, some... that that's a good nostalgic callback to yeah. you, you had that warm blanket feeling. Yeah. It's like just like those those minute that minute and a half after Monday Night Raw when Silk Stockings intro would come on and just like oh I shouldn't be watching this but I'm gonna get away with it as much as long as I can. La Femme Nikita. La Femme Nikita. <laughs> Renegade Highlander. High, Highlander is like another good one. Obvious, the obvious Baywatch. I, I was just gonna say and obviously Baywatch would be on like the afternoon hours. Yeah. I watched it, man. I would watch that stuff. I never really watched uh, Silk Stockings, though. No, I just remember the intro. That was like that was because it would be it would like like raw would end and then immediately <laughs> boom intro. Yeah, well, because usually raw would go like over yeah. its intended runtime, and you'd have uh, Jr. screaming about like we'll see you here next week, folks. But and then just, yeah, stay tuned it, for Silk Stockings. Yeah, and just goes right into Silk Stockings. <laughs> Oh my God! We're gonna to try to stay with you as long as we can, folks. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's so how good. that's how I would make this movie better. Turn it into a syndicated program. Do <laughs> Jr. screaming, "Stay tuned for abandoned the alien." Yeah. And like you can do one of two ways: you 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 strip out all the the questionable content and you put it on in the in the afternoon, 
or you you make it a little bit late. You keep it a little risque. Obviously, you can't show nudity, or you put it on and you put it on uh, keep, USA at night. Keep mm-hmm. the cousin fucking and put it on yeah. USA for some reason. That's that's a staple. That, that that's what I hope the producers would like. USA USA says we won't take it unless it has the cousin fucking. <laughs> USA characters welcome. I I'd, I would love to be in like a like the the pitch meeting with the the executives at USA and the writers. Like we're not doing this fucking show unless we keep the cousin fucking. All right, we'll t- we'll take this shit to Fox. I don't give a shit. That shit will fly there. <laughs> I mean, and you're going to regret not signing Amanda and Pete. Or Ma- Amanda and the Alien. Amazing. Amanda and Pete. <laughs> Amanda and Pete. I, was... <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Uh, Amanda and the Alien. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amanda and Pete, starring Amanda Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired. I'm All right. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... It's I think that's what we're gonna call it, unless there are any uh, nah. any final things. You guys got any plugs you want to plug? Uh, I'm at Diaquino at at uh, yeah. I'm at Diaquino122 on Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My normal plugs here: Stranger Damies, which uh, aired yesterday. Um, we just had our 71st episode. I'm uh, getting closer to the end of the current session that I have recorded, so uh, we'll have a, a talking with strangers coming up, and then we'll fl- go right into the next session, which, um, by all accounts, will be uh, on YouTube with video. So um, I have a Stranger Damies YouTube account, so um, be on the lookout for that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, follow Twitter at Stranger Damies. We're on Instagram, you know, Stranger Damies there as well. Um, where Jen R. Uh, drew it, uh, does a lot of the artwork on there. Be sure to to follow. Um, and yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at um, at off the mark tweet. Um, hopefully, you weren't following last night when this was being recorded because there'd be a lot of hashtag play Gloria, and you guys would have no idea what that means. Um, yeah. which, uh, probably good for you, but um, yeah, yeah. Feel free to. Uh, yell at me anywhere on the Twitterverse. I'm I'm nervous now because since we're going to video for Stranger Damies, we actually have to give a shit about our appearance. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I used to ju- I'm I like rolling up with a hat and just like a, a t-shirt on. Now I feel like I have to kind of spruce it up a little bit. You have to put on HD makeup. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I want the ladies out there to to see Dan. Listen, what did I say earlier in the podcast? Like I. I go in and I wreck them. That's, that's what I want, man. I want the women out there to know this guy. He, he lays it. He lays it down. This guy fucks. This guy fucks. He, he lays the pipe. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, besides that, I'm at Andelbeck on Twitter. How do you follow there. that? How yeah. do you follow that? We are. They call this a movie, and uh, you can find us on any kind of podcast streaming app. Uh, that's iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher. Just look for They Call This Movie, and we should pop right back up. Uh, we are on uh, – the main website is themaindamey.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at the main Damey. You can find us all there. Um, we are now part of Geek Vibes Nation. Those guys have some great shows on there. It's like They post one a day, uh, basketball, comics, uh, 
video games, I think. Uh, whatever your interests are, they've got something. We should be popping up on some of their shows down there. I, um, I like the, uh, the the actual written reviews. The written reviews are very, very good. So I think they just came out with a written review for Men in Black uh, International. So if you are interested in seeing what the people at uh, Geek Vibes Nation have to say about it, you know, go check that out. They have they're pretty on top of all their uh, reviews, so yeah, give it a look. Yeah, their website's gvnation.com, but if you just want to if you want to listen to their uh, podcast streaming app, it's uh, just search Geek Vibes Nation. It should pop right up in any uh, uh, streaming app that you have. Uh, we'll you know our show gets uh, simulcast there uh, among all the, their shows, um, but uh, if you can subscribe to us as well as give us a five-star review um that help us out a great deal tell your friends tell your friends let's uh spread the word so we we do have one listen from south korea so uh if you have a friend in north korea give them tell them tell them to listen uh if you get through their uh their uh censorship on the dismal side we want to we want to break we want to break through that censorship Can, can you imagine they called this a movie being the reason that North Korea and South Korea unite. That'd be amazing. Maybe, I mean, I would maybe take... it'll be this movie. Maybe it'll be Amanda and the Alien. That'll, that'll finally stop. Peace. Yeah, we'll bring peace between North Korea and South Korea. God willing. Yeah. So um, I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, this has been Amanda and the Alien from 1995. Uh, the director is John Kroll. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling John Kroll to go fuck himself. <laughs>